Let's go ahead and uh, turn with me to Joshua chapter uh, 3. We're going we're gonna to pick up now. We're going to continue to go through uh, our, our, in our series. We're continuing this morning. Next is now, which is a study in the book of Joshua. And so we, we, we were in chapter 1 the first week, chapter 2. Now we're going to look at chapters 3 and 4 uh, today. Uh, so in week 1, I talked about the courage we need to conquer the things God has called us to do. I showed you where this courage comes from and how we get it. Then last week, we examined the faith of a woman named Rahab, which I just mentioned during prayer. And I talked about the three types of faith she had. And it's the same thing we need to have, which is courageous faith, co- uh, confident faith, and covenant faith. Again, if you've missed any of these messages, you can go to our app, our website, uh, uh, YouTube, uh, podcast, uh, Vimeo, and, and catch up on these uh, uh, sermons from this series. So now the book of Joshua moves from the faith of an individual to the faith of an entire nation. So remember, as we study this book, keep in mind that it, it, it's not only dealing with ancient history, what God did for the Jewish people centuries ago. It's about your life and my life, right? And the life of the church today, right? What God wants to do here and now for those who trust in him and put their faith in him. See, the book of Joshua is about the victory of faith and the glory that comes to God when his people trust and obey him. You know, there was a prime minister from the 1800s who said, the world was never conquered by intrigue, it was conquered by faith. And we definitely see this with the book of Joshua as we can continue on next week and in the week after Pastor Ty is going to be ministering. And so um, we see this, that it takes faith to, to conquer the things that God has called us to do. The theme of the book of Joshua is let us go on. Really, let us go on and let us go in. And the only way we can go on is by faith. See, unbelief says, let's go back where it's safe. But faith says, let's move forward where God is working. Amen? Where God is working is forward, not backwards. You remember, even before this, before Joshua took over as the leader of Israel, when he was a part of, of you know, he was, he was Moses' right-hand man. When they came out of bondage in Egypt, 400 years as slaves in Egypt, they came out, and because they were in the wilderness, they had disobeyed, and they were wondering. They wanted to go back to Egypt, even though they would have been slaves, and part of that is because it was familiar and it was safe. You see, in the wilderness and moving forward into Jericho or the, and the promised land, it's, there's a lot of unknowns, especially in our day and age right now, right? There's a lot of unknowns. You know, Nathan was just telling me about, we see like the numbers rising in the hospitals and I'm hearing of other churches closing for a little while and stuff. There's a lot. We don't know what's coming tomorrow, right? But I know God's already in tomorrow and he's working there and he wants us to join him in it. Amen. So in Joshua chapter three and four, God illustrates for us Three essentials that we need for moving ahead by faith and receiving all that it has for us and all that it has us for, to do. And that's the word of faith, the walk of faith, and the witness of faith. So these three things we're going to look at and how the people, now the faith of an entire nation, both from the leadership down to all the people, what must we do? What's some essentials we need to have if we're going to move forward and conquer the calling God has for us? Well, number one, we need to respond to God's revealed word. We need to respond to God's revealed word. Look at Joshua 3, starting in verse 1. And remember, this picks up right where we left off from last week. After the two spies' interaction with Rahab, they brought the report back to Joshua that, hey, the Lord has given us the land. Everybody is scared of us there. So look at verse 1, Joshua chapter 3. Early the next morning... Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. 
Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. You may want to highlight that or underline that part in your Bible, your notes, or the paper notes. Stay about a half of mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. In the morning, Joshua said to the priests, lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out and went ahead of the people. Listen to this. The Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. So Joshua told the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. Now drop down to the next verse. Now choose, or it says, look, the Lord, look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. The priests will carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. As the nation of Israel waded by the Jordan River, the people must have wondered what Joshua's plan was. What were, what were we going to do here? They couldn't just swim across the river, obviously, because it was flooded. It was flooded over its banks. They couldn't build boats or rafts because th th there was over a million people that would have had to cross the bank of the river. Excuse me. And it would have made them exposed and vulnerable to their enemies. So what did their leader do? Just like Moses before him, Joshua received directions from the Lord and he obeyed it by faith. You can say Joshua received a word from the Lord. The Lord revealed a word to him, a direction that he needed to take the people across the promised land. Now, I know we're studying an Old Testament book, but we are living in the New Testament church right now, right? So I'm using Joshua's story as an example for us to follow. According to the Apostle Paul, this is the purpose of all Old Testament stories. I've mentioned this before, but I felt like I needed to read the scripture again as I set up this point. Look at 1 Corinthians 10, 11. These things happen to them. Let me pause. If you read early in 1 Corinthians 10, he's talking about the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. They're wandering in the wilderness. So he's talking about the Israelites. And Paul says, these things happen to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live in the end of the age. A lot of you believe and know we're living in the end of the age. Amen. I think we're living in the last days. So with that being said, there are two primary words that describe the word of God in the New Testament Greek language. The first one, some of you know this already. The first one is logos, which refers to the total inspired written word of God and also Jesus as the living word, as John 1 talks about. The second is known as rhema. This refers to a word that is spoken that means as 
to means an utterance, to utter or a utterance. Joshua received a rhema word from the Lord about how to move forward across the Jordan River. We see that in Joshua 3, 7. It says, the Lord told Joshua. He spoke directly to him and gave him some direction. See, God had told Joshua to study and meditate on the logos, the written word of God in Joshua chapter 1. You remember that in week 1? He said, study and meditate on the written word that Moses had wrote down. But now he spoke a rhema word to Joshua here in Joshua chapter 3. The good news is that the Lord is still speaking to us through both today. Amen. Thank you, Mr. Regina. He's still speaking to us today. How do I know that? Well, I can tell you that the Lord spoke to me personally before. And honestly, the Lord speaks to me, I feel like, more, mainly more through the written word. But I heard a story about just uh, that, that uh, detailed again for me last week. And this young man told me that I can share. A young man named Dustin, some of y'all might know him, comes to church here. Him and his wife, Rebecca. He's on our serve team. He ushers. He was standing at the doors ushering um, probably about nine months ago. And... He said, I was just looking outside. He said, I wasn't thinking about my wife, my kids or anything. And he said, the Lord spoke to me. I, I felt like I heard the Lord say, she's pregnant and you're going to, and he's going to be a boy and you're the name of Mordecai. He just heard that. I don't know. Like he wasn't reading the word. He wasn't thinking about babies or nothing, but he heard that. He went to his wife. She had no indication she was pregnant at all. She, he went to his wife, Rebecca and said, Hey, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, you're pregnant. And he's gonna, he's a boy and we're in the name of Mordecai. She's like, really? So they went take some tests and guess what? She was pregnant. They never took an ultrasound. And two weeks ago, two weeks ago today, they were at the hospital and they were about to have the baby. The doctor came in and said, do y'all know what y'all have? And he's like, well, no. Well, he said, well, we never took an ultrasound, but the Lord, we felt like the Lord showed us that it's going to be a boy. And he said, she was just picking, but she said, well, I think y'all having a girl. Well, guess what? That baby was born, and he's a boy, and his name is Mordecai. I got the text before I came to church two weeks ago. I was getting ready, and he texted me, Mordecai was born this morning, this time, this weight and size. Y'all, that's a rhema word. This brother wasn't looking for a word. He was just serving right there. Come on, I, let me just give a little plug. Powerful things happen when you're on the serve team, and you serve the Lord. Amen? He was, the Lord spoke to him. So listen, do you believe that that stuff's real? You can't convince Dustin and Rebecca that God don't speak. Amen. I mean, the, the, directly to him. And, and, and he even said later, we were talking, he told me this all this again last week. He said, man, I, I kind of wish I was more bold. You know, he said, you know, I, I would have been telling people, I said, Hey man, but you did. You even told the doctor right up to the last minute. I want now with that in mind, I want you to look back at this verse specifically. Look at Joshua three, four. That's why I said pay attention and highlight it. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Now, specifically here, it was the priests that were carrying the ark, which, by the way, the ark of the covenant, if you're not familiar, was that's where the presence of God was. That's where God dwelled at the time. And there was their leaders, of course, you know. But as we're looking at the word and God speaking to us, yes, he leads us by his presence. Of course, when God speaks to you with a rhema word, I mean, he's speaking through you through his Holy Spirit, which is also part of his presence, right? So listen, most of us have never lived through a pandemic that we've been going through here, right? And all the uncertainties that we've been going through. And because of that, we're going to need to get a rhema word from God to guide us pretty much every day, right? Every day things change, right? Every day, like I said, Nathan just updated me on you know, some other churches that, that closed for a couple of weeks. And, and you know, I know we have here at the church have to make 
I mean, we've made a lot of decisions. You know, every time a new proclamation or maybe something comes out or new guidelines or whatever are just, man, we want to be wise. You know, of course, we want to keep church open. We want to be careful and, and be, you know, protect you guys as well. So there's a lot. So guess what? You got to be guided by the Lord. You got to be open to the Lord speaking to you. So not only does God speak straight through us like he did Joshua and like he did for Dustin, but he also uses a combination of both because Rhema can also be a verse or a portion of scripture that the Holy Spirit brings to your attention with application to a current situation or a need for direction. In other words, using the Greek words, God can give you a rhema through the logos. You familiar? You, you following me? You can be reading the Bible and he reveals what he wants to tell you. And that's usually how God speaks to me. So like so many times that I'm praying about something, there's a situation going on. I'll just start. I have a Bible reading plan I've been following for years as I read through the Bible uh, every year. And I'll pick up and see where I'm at that day in a certain book. And I'm telling you, it never fails. A story I've read a hundred times in that situation, God reveals his word to me in a new way for right where I'm at. So he can give you a, a rhema word through the written word. He it, the, Ultimately, it's God revealing himself to you. He wants to do that. That's what I mean when I say a revealed word. But once we get this, we have to respond in faith by acting on it. You know, I referenced Hebrews chapter 11 last uh, week, and I want to encourage you, if you've never read through Hebrews chapter 11, to do so. Hebrews is a New Testament book. I encourage you to read the whole chapter. It talks about faith. It's considered the faith chapter or the hall of fame of faith. And what you'll discover is that the people in there all did something because they believed God. Listen, their faith wasn't a passive feeling. It was an act of force. Let me say that again. Their faith was not a passive feeling. It was an active force, which leads me to my next point. Number two, not only should we respond to God's revealed word, we need to walk by faith and not by feelings. We need to walk by faith and not by feelings. Look at Joshua now, chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which was near Zarethan. The water below that point flowed onto the dry sea, onto the Dead Sea, I'm sorry, until the river bank was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan again on dry ground. This is the, the Bible specific that whenever they crossed, it was on dry ground. See, during most of the year, the Jordan River was only about a hundred feet wide. But during the spring flood season, the, 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 the river expanded to about a mile long. It would overflow its banks and it would expand to a mile wide. As soon as the priests who were carrying the ark put their feet in the river, the water stopped and stood up about 20 miles upstream. Listen, this was a miracle in response to the faith of God's people. Nothing short of a miracle. Not only did the water stop and rise up and stop flowing, what happened was they walked across on dry ground, right? Well, even when water's removed from river anywhere, what happens? There's mud, right? Come on, they didn't even need no, no knee boots, hip boots, or waders or nothing. It was dry ground. They was good in their sandals they were already wearing, right? That in itself is a miracle. 
You see, what's important and what we must see is that they stepped into the river first. Unlike the Red Sea, which we'll talk about in a minute, God didn't part the sea first. He told the leaders, step in the river first. We got to step in faith. We got to walk in faith first. You see, you, you, you know they must have felt the strong current of the waters as they walked out there. And even though that current was most likely nerve-wracking, they were obedient to the Lord's word, his, his, his revealed word, and they stepped out in faith. What am I saying? Listen, unless we step out in faith and get our feet wet, so to speak, church, in the turbulent waters of life, we're not likely to make much progress in our walk with the Lord and what he's called us to do. Because listen, we see it, hear it, and know it. The waters of life are just getting even more and more turbulent each and every day. Isn't that right? With everything going on, the waters are just getting stirred up. They're getting more and more turbulent. Again, this miracle was very similar to what God did when he parted the Red Sea in the book of Exodus. When God opened the Red Sea, he used a strong wind that would blow the whole night. When Moses lifted up his rod, the wind blew and parted the seas. When he lowered his rod, the waters flowed back and drowned the Egyptian army. But you see, the difference is when Israel crossed the Jordan River, it was not the obedient arm of a single leader that brought the miracle. It was the obedient, faith-filled feet of the people. Amen? This time, it was the faith of the people of everybody. Yes, the leader, Joshua, got the direction. He passed it down to the officers, officers to the priests, and then priests to the people. But everybody, first the priests, stepped out in faith, and then they walked across. Listen, you've probably seen in person or, or you've seen it on, in TV, on TV, when a, when a river begins to flood and it's at flood stage and overflowing, what happens? It usually has crazy strong current, right? There's a, there's a crazy current that's coming through. And then even Brother Francis, we was talking about Brother Francis Borky, he's been doing a Bible study through the Bible for many years. And he's like, man, not only was there a strong current, he said, think about all the trees and all the debris that must have been flowing through that river at that time, right? Mr. Rex, he's, he, he, he lives by the basin. And when you go somewhere and you see a river that's flooded, there's all kind of trash debris. And there's a strong current that could easily sweep you away or take you under. Can you imagine what these priests were thinking and maybe feeling when they saw the river at flood stage, they were probably doubtful. They were probably nervous. They were probably scared. So listen, think about if they would have made a decision based on what they saw or what they felt. No telling how long it would have taken them to get to the promised land. They, would have, they might have waited. What if they were scared and said, no, we're not going to do this. We're going to wait until the flood season is over. That would have been another months and months and no telling. Their disobedience the first time caused them to wander in the wilderness 40 years. No telling how long it would have kept them if they went by what they felt or what they saw. Listen, church, that's why 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? You got to step out in faith in the turbulent waters and trust that if God tells you to do it, it's going to be all right. The water's real part. No matter how strong the current, how much trash and debris coming down, right? Listen, really, unless we step out in faith and obey his word, God can never truly open the way for us. You know, some of us have prayed for many years for something. And we've asked God, God, I need you to do this. And then you start questioning, it hadn't happened. And God said, you, you're asking God, what's happening? Why isn't this happening? God, what are you waiting for? And God's answer is, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to move. I already told you to step out. I'm, the Lord may be waiting on us before he can do his part. Amen? He said, step in the river first, and immediately the waters 
backed up, walls went up of water, and then they walked on dry ground. Again, that's very important. It's a miracle they dropped on dry ground. Remember, Joshua is a type of Jesus Christ, our conqueror, who leads us day to day in the purposes that he has for us. Amen? So we must respond to God's revealed word. We must walk by faith, not by feelings. And the third thing is we need to be a witness to the world around us. Amen? Let's look at the rest of the, the story. Joshua 4, 1 through 9. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men who had chosen, who had chosen one from each tribe, uh, each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, Go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? You can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the ark of the Lord's covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel. So the men did as Joshua had commanded them. They took the 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, one from each tribe, just as the Lord had told Moses. Here you go. Here's another word to Moses. They carried them to the place where they camped for the night and constructed the memorial there. Joshua also set up another pile of 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the priests who had carried the Ark of the Covenant were staying, and they are still there to this day. See, that day at the Jordan River, the Lord was in control of all of the activities. Both the water and the people obeyed him, and everything went according to plan. Amen. Isn't it great when everything goes according to plan, right? So what did he do? The Lord instructed him again. He gave him a word to follow. He said, hey, get two heaps of stones and set them up as reminders. He says memorials are reminders of the Jordan crossing. They're witnesses. Listen, they were witnesses that God honors faith and works on behalf of those who trust him. See, the Jews were big believers in teaching the next generation of their children about the Lord. And that's why he said the first memorial was to, to the, the, the young generation that would come behind and say, hey, what are all these stones? What, what, what happened here? They could teach their children about the power and the miracles that the Lord did. Listen, church, the same is true for us as well. Parents, grandparents, we have to teach our children the ways of the Lord. Listen, I didn't just say bring them to church. I said, we got to teach them, right? Listen, yes, we have children's ministry. We have a middle school and a high school ministry. But listen, here at church, I was a youth pastor for seven and a half years. And, and yes, that my main thing was to help parents. I tell parents, I'm just reinforcing what you should already be doing at home. Amen? So yes, and the, sa and the same goes for me too. Even though my kids are growing up in church, I still have a responsibility when I'm at home to be a daddy first before I'm a pastor to teach my children the ways of the Lord. And not just teach them with our mouth. This is the hard part. Like I said, walk by faith. We got to walk it out, right? That's, that's the hard part. Y'all pray for me, somebody, please. Amen? And I'll pray for you. That's, that's the hard part is we got to live it out. We got we to gotta teach our children, but we got to build memorials or examples and remind them of how the Lord worked in our life, right? You know, I don't shy away from telling my children about my past. They all know that I was, I used to do drugs and I was an alcoholic and was, was, went to jail and all these things. And I, when I tell them like, daddy, you went to jail? I was like, yeah, I did. But the Lord has delivered me and he set me free, right? 
So I don't mind talking about my past because to me, it's a memorial of God's faithfulness. It's a reminder of God's power and how he can take a peelhead, pothead alcoholic and make him a pastor one day. Amen. I don't deserve it. I didn't do anything to qualify for it. Right. I just the Lord spoke to me and I obeyed and I just keep walking each and every day. Amen. So we need to teach our children. But also not only did Joshua put an obligation on the Jews for the fear to fear the Lord and be a witness, he well, not only did he have, give them an obligation about their children, but he gave them an obligation to fear the Lord and to be a witness of him to the whole world. Look at verses 21 through 24 now. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future your children would ask, what do these stones mean? Then you will call them. This is, tell them, I'm sorry, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan River on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes and he kept it dry until, until you were all across just as he had did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we all crossed over. Now listen to this. He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful and that you might fear the Lord your God forever. Listen, in addition to the future generations in our home, he wanted all the nations of the earth to understand God's power and so should we. Amen. We should want not only our children, our grandchildren, but all of those that don't know the Lord now to understand the power that he has, the miracles that that he can do, who he is. You see, the Lord cares for his people. He cares for you and me. He keeps his promises. He goes before us in victory. He never fails. What a witness this is to the world, church. That's such a powerful witness. When people see the Lord taking care of us and the miracles he's doing in us and, and we show them and tell them about that, it's a powerful witness. It's a powerful witness. Listen, when the Lord brings you through something, and he will, or he does something for you in a powerful way, you need to let people know. And listen, it's good to testify in the church, but don't just testify in the church. Be a witness in the world as well. Amen? Because look, people can argue with you about the Bible all day long, but they can't argue with you with a miracle that God has done. Amen. Or how he's taken you from here to here. And people tried. I remember when I first got saved and told him God delivered me from the, the addiction and the bondage I was in. It's like, man, you can argue all you want about theology. Is the Bible real? I just know, like that man said, all I know is once I was blind, now I can see. Amen. And, and, and you, you, you can't, you can't argue with that. But some people may not want to argue in this day and age. I think more people are looking for the truth. They're looking for an all-powerful, almighty God, right? In this day and age of turbulence and uncertainty and fear and worry and sickness and, and all this stuff, God, people are looking for the God who can deliver them, the God who can provide for them and save them and help them. Amen? You know, I love how the Lord does this. This week as I was beginning to prepare for this message, the, the Bible that I usually uh, use as one of my tools to study with, I had brought home. And I didn't have it on my desk. And so I grabbed my old Bible uh, that I hadn't used in years to start reading through Joshua chapter 3 and 4 as I began to start preparing. And as I flipped through my Bible, I found this card. And as I, I started looking at it, what this card is, it was a prayer card from a few years ago. And you may not be able to see it, but there's like five things on here. And three of them have lines on it. And some of the other ones have check marks by it where God answered prayer. 
So listen, as I looked at that this week, this is a memorial to me, right? Matter of fact, one of them is a pastor friend of mine that I had four things specifically I was praying for him and his church. And two of them, the Lord has done already. So I took a picture and I sent it to him. I said, hey, man, well, the Lord has at least answered two of these prayers. And he said, man, that's awesome, awesome, awesome. But, you know, it's a memorial to me. It's a reminder to me and to my children. You know, during in January, during prayer and fasting, many times we'll have a prayer list and we'll ask our children, we'll write things down like this. And two-sided. Now, some of the things didn't come to pass yet. Some people went to be with the Lord that I was believing for healing for. But there's a lot of check marks on here where the Lord came through. And we'll show our kids this. And, and even they'll make, they'll write a prayer card or something like this. And it reminds them of how faithful God is. And that when we pray, he shows up. It's not always in how we want, in the timing we want. But listen, this is also a great witness that if somebody says, man, and I had a young lady actually call me this week and she's in college and she was asking about, you know, professors that say, how do you know God's real? I show them this and say, this is how I know God's real. Because these are the things, this is a witness to the world. These are the things where we prayed and some of these things were, were miraculous, things that he had belie- been believing for for years and then looked like we're nowhere in sight. I look back a couple years later and God does, has done it. So listen, we need to set up memorials and reminders and be an example to our children and a witness to the world around us. Amen. These three things are essential, y'all. If you want to claim your spiritual inheritance in Christ, fulfill your purpose and make a difference in this life, you need to, one, respond to God's revealed word. Walk by faith and not by feelings. Hey, we need to get our feet right. Amen. Step out into the river and be a witness to the world around you. Now, as I close... Remember that the Lord saved you and forgave you, not just so you can go to heaven. He has a great purpose and big plans for you and me, just as he did for Joshua and Israel. You know, Moses understood this in the the book before Joshua when he says this, Deuteronomy 6.23, then he brought us out from there so that he may bring us in to give us the land of which he swore to our fathers. See, the leaders and the people of Israel knew this, and so should we, right? This is not just referring to the land of heaven, because again, if he did that, we would have just been zapped up right after we made a decision for Christ, right? He brought us out of bondage, of, of sin, or whatever the case may be, so he may bring us into inheritance and a purpose and a destiny so we can make a difference and keep it going, right? See, the people of Israel were brought out of bondage from Egypt who, were in, who enslaved them and oppressed them. Once again, this is a picture of, how, of what sin does to us. You remember, these are examples and they're types and shadows, they're pictures. All of us, in a sense, were in bondage to sinful slavery. They may be some of you in here right now. that You say, man, there's things in my life, in my past, that seem to keep holding me back. And man, I'm in church today, but I don't even know if, if, if I'm right with God. In order to respond to the word of God, you know, I don't even know, like I said earlier, do you know him personally? As I was praying in the beginning of service for God to reveal yourself to him, do you know him that way? Because the only way we'll know him is the Bible says we have to turn away from our old life, our sin, and turn to him. Who has sinned? Well, Romans 3.23 says everyone has sinned and falls short of God's glorious standard. And Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Are you still in bondage to your sin and your past? Do you want to be forgiven today and set free? 
Listen, our vision here is for you to know God, live free, find your purpose, and make a difference. I hit on the, 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 the last two a couple of times. Now I'm asking you, do you know God personally? Do you want to get set free and do you want to live free today? Remember the first thing we talked about was responding to the word of faith or responding to God's revealed word by faith? Look at Romans 10, 8, 9. What does this say? The word is near to you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. Would you bow your head with me and close your eyes? And if you say, Brandon, that's, that's the first word I need to respond to today is I need to be saved. I don't know if I'm right with God. You know, there's people dying left and right all around us right now. And it's just going to continue, not just from a virus, but, you know, people getting their vehicles every day and never make it home. If that was you, if today was your last day, I mentioned earlier, are we living in the end of the age, the last days? People ask, is it the last days? I don't know, but it may be your last day. If it was your last day here on earth, where would you spend eternity? The Bible makes it clear we're either going to spend eternity in heaven or hell. And we just read the wages of sin is death. That word death is an eternal separation from God throughout all eternity. But the free gift is eternal life, which is spending eternity with God, our creator. With every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, Brandon, I don't know, man, if I'm right with God. I don't know if today was my last day, if I would go to heaven, if I'd spend eternity with the Lord. I want to respond to the word that he can save me and forgive me today. If that's you, just lift up your hand. I want to pray with you. I see your hand, ma'am. Sir, I see your hand in the back, right here in the middle, right here on the left. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Hands going up. Thank you, Jesus. see your hand. Right here, right here on my left. Amen. Young people, responding to the call of God right now to be saved, to be healed, to be forgiven, to be set free. You may say, Brandon, you know what, man? I'm still in bondage to my past. There's things holding me back, and I want to be set free today. If that's you, lift up your hands right now. Say, man, I need to get set free from this. Okay, more hands going up now. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? I see your hand, ma'am. Thank you. God bless y'all. Thank y'all for being bold. Come on, today is your day. Today is the day of salvation and for you to be set free and healed and delivered. We just read it. If you confess with your mouth and you believe that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Just pray with me. We're all going to pray this together as a family. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. Would you please forgive me of my sin? I repent and I turn away and I turn to you. I confess you are my Lord and Savior. Now give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you, to respond to your word, and to walk by faith each and every day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Come on, let's celebrate with these that just made that decision. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Have you raised your hand for the first time or just recently made that decision? And you are, are you, you just recently, you made that uh, rededication. There's a card in the pew in front of you that says, I made a decision. Fill that card out. Send it to the info center. Uh, bring it to the info center after service. We want to give you a Bible and try to help you in your journey. Why don't we stand together and close up in prayer? For the rest of us, I want to ask you a question before we leave. Is there a, a word, maybe a rhema word, that God spoke to you or revealed to you through the written word that he told you to do to walk out and step out in faith that you haven't done yet. 
If he has and you haven't done it, I want to encourage you to be obedient. Your prayer may be not being answered because God's waiting on you. Remember? Amen? They stepped out in the water first. Or maybe you, you've, been, you've been guided more by your feelings. You've been scared. You've been hurt. You've been nervous. Hey, look, feelings are real. They're an indication of what's going on inside of us. So God has given us feelings, but we got to step out in faith. Have you been walking by faith? Are you ready to step out? And have you been being a witness to the world? Come on, if you say one of these three, Brandon, would you pray for me? Just lift your hand and we're going to all pray together. Lord, I pray. I see hands going up all over. Come on, pray with me, church. I pray that you help us, Lord, to respond to your rhema word. That when you speak to us or reveal your word to us as we're reading, Lord, that you would help us to respond. Give us the grace and the strength and an anointing to respond to your will and then walk it out by faith. Lord, help us to not be, Lord God, guided just by feeling and, and, and by, by, by uh, fears and, and, and doubts and nervousness and anxieties and insecurities. But Lord, help us to walk in faith. Let our faith trump all of those negative feelings, Lord God. I pray in Jesus' name that help us to be as bold as a lion. Lord, give us wisdom. Your word says that those who win souls is wise. Give us wisdom on how we can just uh, be a memorial and set up memorials for our children, grandchildren, and for the world around us that we may glorify you and show the world of your great glory, power, and wonder. We love you and thank you, Lord. Bless these as they go today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. We love y'all. God bless y'all. Y'all have a great day. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here to pray with you. See you soon.